0: we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 61, Starting a Bible to School, A Mom's Story. Have you ever wondered what it really looks like to bring a Bible to School program to your community? I know the first time I thought of it, I felt completely overwhelmed. Well, today, I am super excited to introduce to you my cousin, Sister in Christ, and Bible to School starter, Jocelyn Rovath, who will walk you through her journey of beginning a Bible to School in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and encourage and inspire your hearts along the way. After hearing Jocelyn's story, you'll want to check out our website to explore how you can bring a Bible to School program to your community. Just go to to BibleToSchool.com, that's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on the Bring Bible to School to Your Community tab. You can give us a call or schedule a chat, and we'll get this conversation started. You'll also want to follow Bible to School on Facebook and Instagram and share this episode. Help us make sure that everyone knows that they, too, can tell the children in their lives about Jesus. So let's lean in and listen as we hear about Jocelyn's Bible to School journey. Well, hi, Jocelyn. I am so beside myself right now to have you here with us on the podcast. I just know that our audience will be so encouraged by your Bible to school journey. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So first,
1: please tell our audience a little about you. Oh, wow. Well, myself, I used to be a physical therapist assistant before we had kids, and then I became a mom. We have three beautiful girls in our local Elementary public school. And my husband, Alan, and I have been married for 15 years, just enjoying living in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, where I grew up.
0: Let's just go back to the beginning. The reason we have you on here is because, Jocelyn, I know you've been involved in Bible to School for a while and you have quite a journey to share. And I just am excited for our listeners to hear a little bit about that. So, can you tell us, first of all, how you even heard of Bible to School?
1: Yeah, it was about five years ago, actually. Our youngest daughter was nine months old, I think, when I received an email from my brother talking about Bible to school and how they had this franchise model they were offering anyone who could want to start a Bible to school program. And when I read Bible teaching during the public school day, I was just blown away. This seemed impossible, probably illegal. Like, how could this even happen? So I immediately reached out to the CEO of Bible to School and I lived at the time about four hours or so away from where Bible to School originated and learned how I could start a program for our daughter's elementary school. So yeah, it was very unexpected and funny thing. My brother told me later that he had deleted the email and felt led to pull it out of his trash box and put it into his inbox again and send it and forward it to me. So he listened to the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So where were you? You said four hours away. Where were you at the time? I was out in Western Pennsylvania, out near Pittsburgh. And my husband had
1: landed a job there when we first got married. We lived away from our families for about 14 years or so. But now we live in Lancaster. So.
0: Okay. So go back with me to Johnstown then. You're there you have this email thing happening. What's your next step? Like what's going on in your mind and your heart? What's next? Yeah. Well,
1: if it hadn't been for God preparing my heart leading up to that, you know, God's timing is perfect. And I don't know that I would have pursued it much more, but just prior to the year prior to contacting the CEO of Bible to school, God just started working mightily in my life. I had been fasting and praying and asking him for direction and what we were supposed to do. I was longing to live near our families again, little children, having little children and no family around. It's just, you know, it's tough. Every doctor's appointment you have or dentist appointment, you're hiring babysitters or trying to work around your husband's work schedule and your schedule. So I had started doing what's called the color method. And it's a way of studying the Bible and using different colored pens. I highly recommend it. And it's at that time that the Bible started coming alive to me. I came to know the Lord when I was a little child, but it wasn't until I was in my 30s that the Bible just started jumping off. The words were jumping off the pages. So God started preparing my heart for work in in ministry, and little did I know that this is what it would end up being. But I had just heard a pastor speak on a quote William Carey, and he had said, "Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God." That hit me like, yeah. I know that my God can do amazing things. And so I'm going to start attempting it. And after talking to the CEO of Bible to School, I learned that they would just guide me through how to start a program in my girl's school. You know, it never felt overwhelming because it was just baby steps. I just kept taking it back to God and my prayer life just soared from there because I was completely dependent on God
0: and how to run it. Wow. So expect great things from God and attempt great things from God. That's awesome. Wow. So the first thing you did, you're, you're obviously on a journey. You're walking through this. God is leading you one step at a time. But your first attempt is calling the school? Or what's the first thing? Oh, you no, not at all. <laughs>
1: I actually, my very first thing I did was create a prayer team. 15 years ago, I would have never thought that to be the first step to starting anything. But I've learned that that is how God does things. When you talk to him and you just open handed to him, like hand it over. So I had a couple women that I knew in Moms in Prayer and started praying over a ministry in our public school. And then I started talking to community members and having little meetings at coffee shops and seeing how much interest there was. There was definitely times where I had some fear of being that mom. I, I put it like in quotes because that's what it feels like. You're you're kind of the odd mom that wants to start a Bible program for your public school. And I learned quickly that that was not a thought from God. I had to take that captive. That was not Him telling me that I was different and that mom. And I quickly learned that He would put people in my path as I started this program who longed for the same kind of program. He brought women into my life that I had met years prior in mops. He brought just random women that I would meet for local um, kids programs. And I would just bring it up here and there. One time I went in to help in my daughter's kindergarten class. And I just felt the Holy Spirit pressing on my heart that I needed to talk to the mom that I was cutting like a craft with. And I was nervous and I was sweating. And I just told her all about Bible to school and how I felt that I was, God wanted me to start this program. And she was one of my biggest volunteers in the years to follow. She prepped all of our curriculum.
0: Wow. That's amazing how God just brings those people to you when you're obedient to his voice. And I'm sure that your time in prayer, your time in the word, your fasting, that's all part of it, right? I mean, that's amazing. And I i just love hearing that story. And for those of you who don't know, Jocelyn is my cousin. So I kind of know some of these stories. But hearing this from the beginning to walk through it is such a blessing to me because so easily I forget. But it's just its so powerful. And it really is a testimony to abiding in Christ and he will abide in you. So I just love that but I do have a question. So you had said, rewinding a little bit, that you were going to coffee shops and you were talking about you know, bringing the Bible to the school. Were you talking about Bible to school specifically, or were you at that time just meeting and brainstorming, how do we get Jesus in their school day? At that point, I was
1: very much focusing on the program of Bible to school. So once I understood what release time was, the federal court ruling that allows the children to receive religious education during their public school day, I saw that there are several types of release time programs. But what I loved about Bible to school is that it was age appropriate. My daughter was entering second grade at the time, and the curriculum is written for second, third, and fourth grade. And I I know that as we say, it's those ages when they really start asking the hard questions. And Mm -hmm. so I I fell in love with the curriculum. It was tried and true. It's been around for 40 years. They're the experts, as they say, of running these programs. And so I trusted them. So yeah, Yeah. I was focusing on Bible to school.
0: Okay. So that's great. You just did all my work for me. Like (laughs) you just told us all about second, third, fourth grade. This is the age group. You're absolutely right. And I guess my question is, like, you know that now because you've been living and breathing this for several years. But what how did you learn that? Did Was this in a phone call to Corey Pennypacker? Was this in a packet of information? Like, how do you find out all of that?
1: Yeah, well, it started with a simple phone call. And then they set up Google Meets, different meetings with me because it was obviously four hours away and virtual. And it was just comprehensive. Any question I had. I just kept coming back to them, sending emails. Um, they walked me through this step-by-step process that just was very clear to me how to run this program successfully. And they didn't tell me, like, go have all these meetings with local people. It's yeah. just, it just organically happened and then grew from
0: there. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, So give me a timeline if you can. I know this is kind of thinking back, but... From the time that you started talking in these coffee shops to the time it actually launched, how much time was in there?
1: That was about a year. I took three, four months to really start talking to people and then started prepping for the program. So my goal was to become a member of Bible to School and have them guide me through the process of talking to the school. There was no reaching out to the school prior to that membership because I didn't, I wanted to go in saying the right things, dotting all my I's, crossing all my T's. Yeah. And I knew that I didn't have the experience in that. Then once we became a member and went to the, I went to the principals um, to talk and the superintendent of the school to talk. I, I was very confident in that meeting. I had all the paperwork because Bible to School was able to provide that for me and everything awesome. was on a website. I was able to just print it and yeah, all the time, a prayer team was behind me praying over every coffee meeting, every meeting with the principal and so on.
0: That's awesome. So what I hear you saying is the program's well done. It's set up for success. It's been around for a while, I believe actually 40 years at least. So it's very well done. And more importantly, though, maybe even than that is the power of prayer behind it. Because I do, I want to hear a couple of these God stories that you have. Now, I used to volunteer with a program in Lancaster as well. Then I ended up being a director. And now I have this fun job of talking to people about all things Bible to School and telling the children. So I have a little bit of understanding of what's involved in kind of starting up this program. And it can seem overwhelming when you look at the big picture. But it's so awesome to see how God is in the details. And if we surrender that to him, it isn't really that big of a thing. I mean, so tell me, I already heard about prayer being super important. I know getting volunteers can be one of those big overlying tasks that you think will never actually get accomplished. Can you share a story about a time when you felt like we don't have enough people to do this program? What do we do?
1: Yeah. you know. Honestly, that thought never went through my mind. And maybe that sounds crazy, but I was on my knees so much. And I was so confident that it was what God wanted Mm. that I knew if the harvest was ready, He was going to bring the workers. And that's exactly what He did. Like I said, He put people in my path. I mean, I would just go to Walmart and I would get on my knees before I would go to Walmart (laughs) and I would just say, God, Somebody in my path today that will help spread the gospel through Bible to school. And I'm, I kid you not, like I would meet somebody in the aisle at Walmart from like I knew years prior and it would just come up. I didn't really try anything specific. It's not like I had this list of things I need to go through to get volunteers. There were definitely helpful things. Like I would go and talk to some pastors or see if I could talk to some mom's groups, and that was helpful. But the volunteers, God took care of it. That and the funding. I mean, it was the same same way.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love hearing those stories. Let's pause right now
1: and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Why am I here? Very good question. Why am I here? It is so important to be intentional about pointing our children to Christ. When we answer our children's question about why they are here or why they were created, they're created to worship and serve our Heavenly Father. We can show the children they were created in His image, and they can use their God-given gifts and talents for His glory. Take a minute to explore and celebrate your child's talents and abilities. Brainstorm a list with your child. Help them to look for ways they can use their talents and abilities to worship and serve their Heavenly
0: Father. That's why they and all of us are here. So you mentioned donors. Can you explain a little bit about why that's necessary or how you did go about finding any?
1: Yeah. After becoming a member of Bible to School, they were able to give me resources and how to talk to local business owners. And one of the most encouraging things they told me was that local business owners, they will love this program because they higher. These kids that are in Bible to school are their future employees. And so knowing that they're learning morals and values, they really appreciate that. And I started to not feel guilty about asking for money. So it's not like we needed a, a lot of money to get this off the ground. But you know, I was, I say, I was just a mom with like little kids. And I just knew God had put this on my heart. I had never done any fundraising in my life. My background is in physical therapy. And I'm like, what is is happening here? God just created meetings for me that brought the right people into my life at the right time, even for the funding. My favorite story was the first big donor. I was able to schedule a meeting with a local business person and I did not know what I was doing. The papers that I had printed from the Bible to school member website, I had in like this file, hanging file holder that were falling all over the place. I was walking into this meeting and I had just asked like a woman I just met on the prayer team to watch my, my baby. And I was nervous about that. And I was just handing it over to God. And I go into this meeting with this person and I just probably fumbled all my words, trying to explain the program to them and see if they would be willing to donate. And at the end of the conversation, they looked at me and they said, well, could we write a check today to fund the whole program? I dropped the whole program so this is three grades, right. And where I was living at the time, like the biggest cost was transportation and busing because it was out in the boondocks. So to get the kids from the school to the church, they had to be bused and the busing company was charging an arm and a leg. And, and this person, this business owner just wanted to cover all of it. And I, I just started crying. I was like also a hormonal mom and I'm just, crying because I could not believe this was happening. And I walked out of that meeting and I just, I just started praising God. I mean, only God, right? So there it goes back to expect great things from him, attempt great things for him. And that's, he did it. He just kept doing it.
0: That's amazing. I just love that story and how you were blessed through it. And he was probably blessed through it when he saw your emotion and knowing he's doing the thing he should be doing. Just yeah. a trickle down effect. Like, how many people did you tell about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And to then have like these people that would give to the program, they would then come watch it. They would come see it in action and see the kids that they were blessing. It's beautiful, really. Oh, that's
0: so awesome, Jess. Okay. So you start with second grade, right? So that first year, you got second grade up and running. And, and can you just name? I know a lot of our listeners are nationwide, but just name for me the school. So I know which one you started up at.
1: Yeah. So we started with Forest Hills Elementary School and I've been praying for 50 kids and God brought, well above that, it was 40 at first for second grade, right? And he brought, I think 10, 10 or 15 volunteers and it was going so well. We almost had too many volunteers and I was like, all right, God, do you want us to start third grade? So halfway through the school year, went ahead and started third grade. And had enough volunteers to get through that. and I'm pretty excited to say today there are over 300 kids in that program. They're in five school districts and over 100 volunteers, and that's just a couple of years later.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Don't oh, word. And I happen to know this week you're gearing up, right? You're gearing up to yep. start classes next week, and you just Brilliant. had a pretty significant training for your volunteers, is that right?
1: I did. Yeah. So now I'm in Lancaster. I'm not out in Western PA anymore. And you know what? God called me again to start another program for our children's new elementary school. And here I am again. It off the so ground. Lovely. 100 kids coming next week for programs.
0: Okay. So tell me, let's rewind again. Tell me how you ended up back in Lancaster. Like, what does that all look like?
1: <laughs> oh my, well, back to fasting and praying. Prior to God ever bringing Bible to school to me five years ago, I mentioned that I've been fasting and my fast was that God and prayer for six months was that God would move us to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where family was, I just my heart was there. I hadn't been there in 15, 20 years. I just missed it. And he answered that with a no. You know, you learn, or I thought it was a no. You learn that God answers prayer with yes, no, or wait. And he gave a very clear to me, no. I was asking him to drop a job in my husband's lap in Lancaster County. And within one week of him answering my prayer, he dropped three jobs in my husband's lap in Western Pennsylvania, where we were living. And my husband was looking for a job. So I was like, what is going like, I don't understand. I was kind of upset with the Lord. And I was like, I don't understand why you would answer. No. Why wouldn't you want my kids to be near grandparents? Why wouldn't you want us to be near family in a place where I love? And yeah, I was upset. And the next morning, my devotion said for any earnestly seeking child of God who receives a no from the throne, it's for the sake of a greater yes. And I was like, okay, you know what? God answered me in the the timing that I asked him to. He gave me clear answers. He created me. Who am I to question his answer? Like he knows what's best for me, right? So then, you know, fast forward, he brings me Bible to school. It makes it very clear to my husband and I, that's why we're in Western PA. Yeah. We start the program. And two years after starting the program, I come out to Lancaster to have a meeting with Corey Pennypacker, the CEO. And I'm we're just having dinner or lunch, I think. And my husband was with me talking to her husband and all of a sudden we get in the car and we go home. And my husband says, Hey, did you did you hear about that job opening that we were discussing here, you know, in Lancaster? It's it's a great fit for me. And he's like, Do you think I should send in my resume? I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, God's given us the clear answer to be in Western PA. And he's like, Well, let's just see what happens. You know, it's God opens doors. So he sent his resume in, and one thing after another happened, and all of a sudden, He gets this job offer for the area where I wanted to live all that time, right? And then I'm confused, like, Lord, what is this? Like you told me no a couple of years ago. Now I'm supposed to just leave this whole organization in Western PA and, and go to Lancaster. At that time, COVID hit, right? It was right in 2020, everything starts shutting down. There was no explaining it. God sold our house in Western PA, gave us a house in Eastern PA, switched my husband's job, brought a new director for the Bible pro- Bible to school program in western PA all within a very short time frame and it was incredible so we we moved to Lancaster i got here and i'm like okay now what you know
0: so okay on, pause this is amazing and awesome and i just need to wrap my brain around this for a second so that prayer you prayed i don't know how many years prior and you're a little angry with god and you're like i want to be in lancaster Somehow your heart reconciled with, he has us here for a reason. You started making friends. You found a church you loved. Your children are acc- acclimated. They've got friends. You're enjoying your director role with Bible to School, right? I mean, all yeah. of these things. And you're finally what? Settled. And it, then... It's funny. He, <laughs> so, you
1: know, it says in scripture that he will give you the desires of your heart, but you must seek him. And what changed over those couple of years before he finally, I guess, moved us to near my family was that I was just seeking him intently and the desires of my heart were met. Like I didn't need anybody else or anything else to give me contentment. And it was like, he had to teach me that before the answer became yes. So the weight, the weight is hard. The weight's hard, you know, but it's worth it because you just grow closer to
0: him. Amen. And I love how earlier you drawled in the Bible to school lesson. We actually do have a lesson that shares about a traffic light. It's paralleling it to prayer and how sometimes God answers no with a red light. Sometimes he answers yes with a green light. A lot of times he answers yellow, which means wait. And sometimes the waiting can be the hardest because it doesn't that test our perseverance, our faith, our everything, but it builds that character and I know, like I, I'm emotional. Jocelyn's emotional because we know that the Holy Spirit works in those moments in ways we wouldn't give up, even when it's painful. Yeah. And yeah. that trust that's built—I mean, that that can't be built in the quick yes. It's just not the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Proverbs three, five, and six comes to mind. If we trust in Him with all our heart, you know, He will direct our paths. And it's. I'm a product of Christian school. I grew up in a Christian home and and went to church all my life. But truly, as I said earlier, it wasn't until my thirties that I really grasped the meaning of that verse and just trusting him and waiting on him as I wait, I trust. And you know what? He takes care of everything from the big picture of starting a Bible program to like just the minute by minute, day by day stuff with my kids. But I have to be on my knees. I have to be talking to him.
0: Yeah. So with that being said, you came back to Lancaster. That had to be a little bit hard too, especially during COVID. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that then. What what was next? I mean, Laurel well, Highlands is done, right? For you. It's continued yeah. on without you. And here you are in a new yeah. place. What What's that look like? Well, at first I just took some,
1: some time to acclimate and get my our kids settled with local school and reconnect with family like you, Meredith. And Different um, old friends, you know, but I then was hired for Bible to School, like the main, the central office. And it was like a dream come true. So, unlike my background in therapy, I was hired to help find moms like myself to start these programs. And it was a great fit. I really enjoyed it. But all the while in my heart, I was, it was heavy because now we're in a new district and my kids their school doesn't have a Bible program. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I feel very strongly that God has called our family to have be in public school, you know, for the time being, it's year by year. But I believe that if all the light is taken out of the public school, where it where is the light, you know, if all of Mm -hmm. us pull our kids from from public school. And I have to trust God with my kids. They're his first. And I trust him to protect their ears and mind. And anyway, I worked for the Bible to School main office for, I guess, about a year. And it became clear that I was supposed to start a Bible program in our kids' school. And I could not start that program and work for the Bible to School main office. It just needed to be there for my family. So that was a really difficult decision for me. But at the same time, I knew it, the Holy Spirit was leading me to do that. So I quit my job with Bible to School Central and volunteered to start another program. So here we are.
0: (laughs) So I hear a lot of small steps of obedience, but big faith, lots of trusting. Yeah.
1: And our God is so, so big. He can handle all of it. It's just my job to take those little steps. And that's,
0: if I look at it that way, it's a lot easier and not very overwhelming. I love that so much. And so now you are, where are you at now?
1: So now we're in Penn Manor School District, which is in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And that district had no Bible to school programs. But within the last year, three different elementary schools, actually four this year, will have Bible to school programs. So it grows. It's like wildfire. When the harvest is ready, God just brings
0: it. That's amazing. So what I really hope our listeners are picking up right now is this program can and should be everywhere. Like, why There's
1: is it no not? Arguing no <laughs> arguing that. I mean, there is so much I have seen God do through this. It is, I have never been a part of something where I have seen God's hand clearly move. It is so evident to me what he says, what Jesus said in Matthew about let the little children come to me. He wants the little children and he will make a way. And so all of any fears that I had about this starting something like this, He just took away because I look at those little kids and see, you know, over half of them don't even know who Jesus is. And I see them learning about him for the first time. There's nothing in the world that compares to that. It's incredible. I I just can't talk enough about it. I wouldn't have, you know, put my therapy license on hold to do something like this if I didn't believe in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's such a powerful testimony of what God can do. With an obedient heart. And it's his program. We talk about that all the time. Like, this is not our program, it's his program. So he will grow it. We are constantly praying in faith that he will continue to do that. And this podcast is another way, you know, listeners across the United States can hear this and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I wanna start a wildfire yeah. of Jesus yeah. during their school day. Yes. During their school day, I wanna make sure that is clear. This is not after school. This is what? Lunch and recess? Yeah. And during the school day, what I find is it's so convenient for the
1: parents. They'll sign their kids up because they don't have to provide transportation for them either each way. And so as I would tell my kids, you know, their friends, parents about this, they were trying to figure out like, well, what's my obligation in this? And there was no obligation. Like, People are coming in to teach their children. Everybody has their background checks and clearances. They're trustworthy and trained in how to do this following a curriculum that's, as I said, tried
0: and true. I hope this is encouraging our audience to know that they can not only tell the children about Jesus, but they can also have helped doing that in bringing a Bible to school to their school. You don't have to be the mom, even. I mean, you can be anyone in the community that says, let's do this thing. Yeah. We have a lot of grandparents too. You know, they have a heart
1: for their grandchildren to hear about Jesus and their grandchildren's friends. And we can change through God. The whole next generation can be changed to hear the gospel. They might not be getting it on the weekend at church services, but they certainly can get it in the middle of the week during the
0: public school day. So amazing to me. I'm just like in all of that every time um, that I hear So Jocelyn, what encouragement would you give to that one person who might be listening today on the fence about helping get a Bible to school started in their area? Mm
1: -hmm. If you have any tugging on your heart for your children and their friends to hear the gospel during the public school day, I would say, start by getting on your knees, talk to our Lord about it and ask him to give you clear direction. Ask him to put people in your path at Walmart, (laughs) ask him to just show you the next steps and you won't be able to get it off your mind. You'll just keep feeling the tug and keep feeling led and just let him close doors and open doors. And it's not, the weight isn't on your shoulders. His yoke is easy and burden is light. Just give it to him.
0: Amen. Jocelyn, this has encouraged me so much. I can't wait for our listeners to be encouraged too. I just love to ask you, would you close us in prayer today?
1: Yes, I'd love to. God, we come before you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to teach the gospel during the school day. I thank you for all the children that you handpick for these programs, all the volunteers that pour into the children. We're excited to kick off more classes in the coming weeks, and we look forward to what you're going to do. God, I pray that you would give the moms and grandparents and dads and anybody out there listening wisdom as they take baby steps forward in spreading the gospel in their public schools. I pray that you would put it so heavy on their hearts that they won't be able to stop thinking about it and they would follow your direction and leading. God, we love you. We're excited to see what you're going to do. And we, we commit this time to you. In
0: Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I love this quote Jocelyn shared that helped spur her on to action in bringing a Bible to school to her community. Did you hear early in the interview how Jocelyn said she was completely dependent on God? This is exactly where the thought of starting a Bible to school program did not overwhelm her. She took baby steps, was guided by the team at Bible to school and continually went to the Lord in prayer. Do you believe that God can do great things? At Bible to school, we know our God can and he wants to do these things through you. So to learn how to get connected or bring a Bible school to your community, head on over to BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And click on the Contact Us tab. We'll answer all your questions and walk with you as you bring Jesus to public school children during their day. Do you feel called to help, but not through volunteering in a classroom? We invite you to give a gift to further this mission. Any donation amount helps us equip communities to share Jesus with children attending public school during their school day through a Bible to School program. Go to the Donate tab on our website to make an impact. Finally, head right back here next week for Episode 62, where Corey talks to Valerie Bell about Awana and her newest book called Resilient. And until then, have a blessed week, and remember, you can tell the children about the love of Jesus.